following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people, and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer, and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's, directions, or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Our readings for today come from Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up onto the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you. I want to begin this morning by talking about handbags. This year, it's all about the handbag. Move over fine wines and fancy art. According to a newspaper report earlier in the year, a handbag will give you a better return for your money. I've never quite understood the lure of Louis Vuitton. But I do love a surprise find. A few years ago, a woman bought a bag in an online government auction. She paid a few hundred dollars for it and then decided she needed to send it to an expert to have it valued. You see, this bag was none other than the moon bag that Neil Armstrong had put rocks in when he'd visited the moon back in 1969. NASA upset that they had missed the treasure that was the lunar dust in the bottom of the bag. When they'd placed it into the auction, fought a long legal battle and lost. The original buyer made an enormous $1.8 million. Handbags are two mini parables about the kingdom of God today are rather like this unexpected treasure in the moon bag. The treasure in the field has been left hidden and forgotten, just waiting for someone to stumble across it one day, realise its value and claim it for themselves. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this treasure. Salvation is available 
and some people find Jesus almost by accident. There was nothing wrong, life wasn't messed up for them, they were going about their business as usual. The good news simply interrupted their life one day. And from then on, they've known such joy. They've been 100% committed ever since. The second parable talks of how the gospel can be pursued as someone searches and searches for the authentic and the real. The moon bag holding lunar dust had to be authenticated before it could be resold and its newfound status as the real deal brought it quite literally astronomical value. Pearls, always indicative of wealth, were highly prized in Jesus' day. The Romans loved them. If people had the means, they covered themselves in them, their furniture, even their horses. Of course, when something gains that much value, it becomes rare. And when something becomes rare, fakes start to appear. Our daughter Rosie is a fine art jeweller and she tells me that to tell a real pearl from a fake pearl you have to put it in your mouth, you have to rub it against your teeth. If it's real it will feel grainy, if it's fake it'll be smooth. Following Jesus is not just a cerebral decision but a whole life-changing experience. The good news is to be held up, tasted, tested. There will always be fake spiritualities, knocking around, offering enlightenment and fulfillment in one way or another. But there's only one Jesus, real and authentic. And it's through him that the kingdom of God is at hand for those who want to persist. Or as Maeve told us last week, for those who in their restlessness search until they know with the most incredible peace and joy that in Jesus they've found what matters more than anything else. The Jewish crowd that Jesus was talking to were always on the lookout for the Messiah, their Saviour. And they expected the Messianic Kingdom to burst suddenly and victoriously onto the scene of history, changing the fortunes of the Jewish people forever and for the better. And by and large, they liked Jesus when he miraculously fed them or cured all their diseases, but didn't like him so much when he talked to them about taking up their crosses and following him. Whenever his teaching seemed too hard, they would grumble or try some way of testing him. Jesus took all their testing and stood before the Roman ruler Pilate, an innocent man. Pilate could find no fault in him. Jesus tried and tested, remained as real and authentic in life, in death, and in his risen eternal life that he invites us to participate in today. The third saying about the Kingdom of God has echoes from last week. If you remember, Philip spoke to us about the weeds in and amongst the good crop in the field. Life is not perfect, 
and neither is Christian community. We live in the tension of good and evil in the world and we live out the Christian life together despite the mess we all carry along with us. As the farmer sowed good seed with a generous arm, so the fisherman throws out the net, casting wide to get the optimum catch. And just as weeds grow up amongst the good crop, so the fisherman will haul in a mix of edible fish and seaborne detritus. Is it our job to sit in judgment? No. Judgment will happen in the last days and it is for God to judge, not ourselves. For the disciples living under the law and constantly falling short and feeling judged, this must have been a relief. Jesus checks if they've understood what he's saying because they definitely didn't when he was talking about weeds in the crop before. When they say, yes, we understand, Jesus, of course, raises the bar. You understand, therefore, here is what happens next. The disciples whom Jesus had called fishers of men left their nets and their boats. They committed wholeheartedly to following him and Jesus gave them all authority in heaven to go out into the towns and villages, telling people the kingdom of God is near and healing those who are sick. When Jesus speaks of the old treasure and the new, he's speaking of all they already know of God from the law and the prophets being of value and becoming even more valuable when put together with what the disciples know of Jesus, the fulfillment of the law, old treasure and new treasure. Does knowing that you're in possession of this treasure mean you no longer need to go fishing? Well, if you occupy the role of the fisherman, you take on the responsibility of finding the catch. The church has to start somewhere. So it starts with something as small as a pearl or as fine as moon dust. It costs the disciples everything and it will cost us everything. But in losing our lives for Christ's sake, we will gain everything. For those of us who've been in the Christian community for a long time, we, like the best scribes and teachers of the law, know the things of God. We have a house full of treasure, a sure foundation of faith, but it's not to be polished and kept hidden away. That is not good stewardship. Is to be brought out and shared, to be made sense of for the current generation. When we don't share the good news, we're more like a dragon spreading our fatness over our treasure in the cave so that no one else gets to see it. All the while, the culture around us is looking, searching for meaning, for what's real and authentic, for what can be experienced. And we have the responsibility as good stewards of the treasure to dust off the old and interpret the new, to put the treasure of the good news out on display, to let our faith be put to the test so that others can see, ask questions, explore what difference our faith makes to our lives and find the treasure 
for themselves. If you've not yet recorded your faith story, please take time to think back, to remember the sense of discovering incredible riches that came from knowing Jesus for the first time and share, like the moon dust being sent off for authentication and becoming so much more valuable as a result. People need to hear the faith stories of others. It's their first taste of treasure. I'm not sure the writer of Psalm 34 was thinking of pearls when he wrote, taste and see that the Lord is good. But all the Psalms speak of a visceral faith, a faith that is to be lived out, shared, expressed in real and authentic ways, experienced. To speak of Jesus, who he is and the difference he makes in our lives. When we put that old treasure with the new treasure of how even now we see Jesus at work in us, making a difference to our lives, giving us the new lenses Maeve spoke of last week that enable us to see everything more clearly, then we offer to the world a faith that's real, authentic and attractive. Following Jesus is for the wholehearted, definitely not for the faint-hearted. But the joy is life-changing and worth everything. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.